1: Our scripture reading today comes from luke chapter 5 verses 1 through 6. once while jesus was standing beside the lake of gennesaret and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of god he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets he got into one of the boats the one belonging to simon and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. This is the word of God.
0: Will you pray with me, please, the words of preparation which are printed in your bulletin. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Mother Teresa, the great saint of Calcutta, through her work living and serving among the destitute, poor, and ill, is seen as surely one who was very close to God. She founded the Missionaries of Charity, a religious order whose members take a fourth vow in addition to the vows of chastity, poverty, and obedience. Their fourth vow is to give wholeheartedly free service to the poorest of the poor. St. Teresa exemplified for many the selfless service to those who suffer, that Christians equate with the life of the suffering servant, Jesus, the life we strive to emulate. And yet she wrote this in her private writings. They say people in hell suffer eternal pain because of the loss of God. They would go through all that suffering if, that had, if there had just been a little hope of possessing God. In my soul, I feel just that terrible pain of loss, of God not wanting me, of God not being God, of God not really existing. In my heart, there is no faith. I don't believe, wrote St. Teresa. If ever there was an articulation of what being unmoored can feel like, this is it. How is it possible that one who has been sainted, who lived what appeared to be such a holy life, so seemingly close to God, could express this deep sense of despair and disconnection. There's no question that St. Teresa's days were filled with suffering. In her healing work, particularly that which focused on persons suffering from HIV and AIDS, she saw again and again the arbitrariness of physical suffering and the harm inflicted, inflicted on the innocent through injustice, hate, and discrimination. I think we have this perception that the most faithful among us, even as they serve at what seem like superhuman levels, always have something left at the end of the day to find God and to receive a sense of blessing at having done the Lord's work. But for Mother Teresa, this was not so for a stretch of many years. As she wrote in her private letters for many years at the end of her days, caring for the poorest among us, she just felt emptiness. And Saint Teresa was not without her critics. When I heard this, I thought, who could criticize Mother Teresa? (laughs) But she was human. After all, and some of her stances and choices very much reflected that, in spite of her fame, she was a Catholic nun from a small village in Macedonia, faced, as we all are, with imperfect options and limited knowledge. This nun, who soothed the suffering of so many, suffered greatly herself. In our scripture today from Luke, we find Jesus teaching a large multitude at the shore of Lake Gennesaret. Then he sees Simon Peter's boat, and he decides to get into the boat with some of his disciples and teach the crowds from the boat. And when he's finished with his teaching, he asks Simon Peter to go out farther into the deep water and drop his nets from there. But Peter is reluctant. And some commentators say that this is because Peter doesn't want to take a risk. He wants to play it safe and stay in the shallows. But I don't see Peter's reluctance to go into the deep water that way. I think Peter is pretty transparent about the source of his reluctance. He and his fellow fishermen have been fishing all night, and time and time again they've come up to They've come up empty. Their nets are empty. They're dealing with cumulative disappointment. They've been in deep water. They've been there. They've been working hard. And still, they have come up empty. I think all of us can relate to Peter. When we try again and again, to repair a relationship, to tend to suffering, to work with integrity and perseverance for peace. And yet the relationship doesn't heal. Or new instances of suffering surface, even as we may feel some progress in some areas. Or peace seems so elusive. Someone's suggestion that we go and try again can be hard to take. It can be like adding a sum of more to that which already is too much. Suffering upon suffering. In In these moments, we can feel the temptation towards cynicism and even despair. We can almost see Peter's raised eyebrows when we think of him in this scene, looking at Jesus and his internal monologue of, come on, Jesus, you're not the one who's been up all night and nothing to show for it. Or worse, we can see the disconnection in Peter's eyes and the slumped shoulders at Jesus' seeming lack of empathy. I think it's this dislocated place out of which Mother Teresa was speaking in the quote I shared earlier when she expresses her profound disconnection from God. Jesuit Paul Crowley, the author of The Unmoored God says, and this takes us to the heart of the problem of locating God. What fundamentally unsettled Mother Teresa was not some philosophical doubt. It was rather the insuperable reality of suffering. This, even more than a shift in cosmological outlook, outlook is what has led to much existential and spiritual dislocation. It's curious to me that Jesus wanted to stop his teaching on the shore and instead go out in a boat on the lake and teach from the water. Definitely not a place I would want to teach from or be taught, I tend to get motion sick if the waves are too rough. And though Jesus's own disciples being fishermen were probably impervious to that, it still doesn't seem like an ideal place to teach. The scripture tells us that Jesus was pursued relentlessly by the crowds who wanted to listen to his teaching. But instead of positioning himself on some stage or some elevated part of the shore so the throngs could see him and hear him well, he goes into a boat instead and asks Simon Peter um, to, to be there with him and, and be with his disciples. And then he teaches the crowds from a distance. And, and when he asks Simon Peter to head into the deep water, interestingly, what he is basically ensuring is that it's only they and he who are together once they reach the depths When they're out on the deep water, the the throngs, the crowds can't see them. They can't hear them. It's just Jesus and his disciples. Why would he do that? Why would he remove himself and just be with them? First, teach from a boat and then go farther off with his disciples into the deep water. Well, it seems to me that he needed to be with just them, just with the disciples. I can't think of any other reason for it. There's something different between these men who have given their lives to him, are following him, even though it's already beginning to prove costly and lonely, and at times even frustrating and unfruitful and those who may more casually engage his teachings. What's important to remember is that the deep water wasn't new for the disciples. They'd been out there already, all night, trying to be faithful, persevering in the face of disappointment, all in. Their work hadn't been visibly fruitful at the moment, but Jesus needed them to go back to the deep water with him, so that he could be with them in the place where they had begun to lose hope. These were Jesus' beloveds, and they had made themselves uniquely vulnerable to despair through their choice to believe and follow him to be all in it is in this dislocation he wanted to be with them and so he asked them to go back to the deep water with them and cast their nets again so i want to say to you this morning beloved you who are part of this community of faith who pray for those who are sick or ill or lost, who spend your time and money and talents in service to others, who faithfully attend worship, whether in person or online, who take your Saturdays to care for our church building. You who have great faith and have experienced the blessing of community and have felt the presence of God and God's Spirit. I believe that what Jesus is expressing here is that you are also uniquely vulnerable to despair because you have made yourselves vulnerable by acting in faith, by believing, by hoping, by loving. All in. Though it may feel like you are unmoored in deep waters, I want to suggest to you this morning that this is because you are already located in the depths of life. You face suffering, your own as you lift up prayers and and voice your struggles and your pains. You face suffering as you serve at the shelter and accompany families who have endured pain and violence just for a chance to breathe freely and get away from that violence. You face suffering as you carry each other's burdens. In the deep water, Jesus sees fully Peter's faith and his doubt, his hope, and his despair, and asks him to put his nets in again. And in spite of the brokenness Peter is feeling, The nets come up full, abundant. Now, please don't misunderstand. This isn't an if at first you don't succeed, try, try again story. And this isn't a take a big risk and get a big payoff story. This is an invitation to an orientation of living that finds abundance even in despair, even when the nets come up empty. My friend Tom Locke, whom I've mentioned to you before, he's the president of Wesleyan Investive, has said, as long as we continue to defiantly act with abundance, we will stay on the path to the way things could be. As long as we continue to defiantly act with abundance, we will stay on the path to the way things could be. I love this phrase I hear in it Jesus's invitation to Peter put your nets in again it's an invitation to an orientation of spirit that invites us to participate with God in defying despair and instead to live in a place of abundance with God it does not say that scarcity doesn't exist or that suffering doesn't exist or that we can avoid suffering it takes us away from the idea of grasping or of locating somewhere fixed to a dislocated God who transcends time and space and is always with us, offering us and everyone a kind of abundance in this life. Interestingly, this is not not unlike the Four Noble Truths of Buddhism, which affirm that number one, there is suffering. Two, that suffering comes from grasping and attachment, or perhaps in the words of this series, trying to be located and in one place, moored. And three, there is a path through suffering. And four, that way, that path, is the Dharma. The Dharma is the practice of faith. And in asking Peter to drop his net again, Jesus was saying, engage the practice, engage the path, engage the way. Whatever the outcome of each day's practice, keep engaging the practice. And in that, there is abundance. I am the way, the truth, and the life. May we have the courage to keep dropping our nets, to engage the practice of faith, and defiantly act with abundance, knowing that in that we embrace a dislocated God and a path that leads to life. Have a great week. Many rivers to
2: cross But I can't seem to find My way over Wondering I'm lost As I travel along The white cliffs of Dover Many rivers to cross And it's only my will That keeps me alive I've been lit, washed up for years And I merely survive Because of my pride And this loneliness won't leave me alone Such a drag to be on your own I lost my faith and I can't say why Lord, you know I'm gonna try But just where to begin I'm playing for time There are times I find myself Thinking of committing Some dreadful crime Yes, I got many rivers to but I can't seem to find my way over, wondering I'm lost as I travel along these white cliffs of Dover. It's only my will that keeps me alive I've been licked and washed up for years And I merely survive because of my pride Many rivers to cross Amen.